You're listening to the latest preaching from Brixham Community Church. Prayer, yeah, last week I started talking about prayer and I was looking at Luke chapter 11, felt the Lord had led me there and, and, and sort of felt a prompting to talk about a few things. Thought, thought I had a sermon and realised I just overwhelmed myself and you with material, so I broke it into two halves. Uh, which is a great preacher's trick. If anybody here preaches, just think of it as two sermons and you've got two sermons rather than one and less preparation. But actually, sometimes we get overwhelmed with content in a, in a message. So um, this is the second half, really. And we were looking at Luke 11. And uh, in the pre-service prayer meeting, Colin was praying, thanking God that he hears all our prayers. And there's just so many people praying at once. It's incredible, isn't it? When you think about it, it is incredible. We, we take for granted. And when we pray to God and we just think of us and our prayer to God, we kind of perhaps imagine God listening. But, you know, to, to think that there's billions of people praying at the same time, it's incredible. So, well, there might not be billions. I don't know how many is praying at once. But there's a, there's a lovely scene in Bruce Almighty where Bruce gets this um, ability to be God for a little while and he suddenly hears all these noises, this just constant chatter of just voices and voices and voices. And he says, what is that? And, and God, Morgan Freeman, says, um, that's prayers. And he says, how do, you, how do you deal with all of that? He says, well, uh, you think that's bad. That's just your town. And uh, <laughs> I just love that. So he, he, he tries to find solutions to deal with all these prayers. And obviously he's on this learning journey that we can't play God. We can't presume to, to have the mind of God and, and, and deal with all the things that God can deal with. So we need to trust him. But he, one of the things he says, I, I know what, I'll, I'll have them. Can I have all prayers as post-it notes? And then just the whole room is filled and even he, his body is covered in post-it notes. And he tries a filing system and there's all these filing cabinets. And, and then he, <laughs> he says, right, I'll just have them all as emails. So he has an inbox of all the prayer requests. And, and uh, he just replies yes to all because that's all he can do. And causes all sorts of chaos. So... We just stand in awe of God, that he is just an amazing God who receives our prayers as intimately as a father who knows you, who created you, as if you're the only one praying. It's incredible. And I noticed last week when I was talking that um, when his disciples taught, said, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his, um, as his, his disciples to pray, Jesus did the, one of the few times... Jesus did the thing of actually answering directly. Rather than answering with a question or probing deeper, he says, right, you're asking an important question. I'm just going straight in with a, with a hard answer and here's what you do. Here's how you pray. Prayer was important to Jesus in his life. It was important that he, he taught uh, his disciples to, to pray. But he didn't stop with what we know as the Lord's Prayer. And so the section we're looking at today, I'll read it all through again. It's only 13 verses, but we're going to look at the second half of that. Um, and, and so as I read it through, perhaps you'll remember some of the points. I had four points. One is that the Lord's Prayer provides a fantastic framework for prayer, and I talked through the elements there. Uh, and then secondly, I talked about showing no shame, how we have a story where a guy just bangs on the door of um, a friend asking for bread at midnight, uh, and, and he gets that because of his shameless audacity. And how much more will a God who is good uh, give us good things when we, when we ask, which is going to be the theme at the end of this talk, which won't be too far away, I promise. Let's read together from God's word. Let's have a look. I just want to see the words because um, 
I had one bit of feedback was we couldn't read them last week. So how's that? Is that better with a white background? That's all right. Good. Okay. Um, yeah. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray as just as John taught his disciples. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give, each, give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us and don't let us yield to temptation or testing. Then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I've nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me, the door is locked for the night and my family and I are all in bed. I can't help you, but I tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence or shameless audacity in the NIV. This is the NLT. And so we come to the second half, which is where I'm going to speak about a little bit more. And so I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive whatever you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks the door will be opened. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish... Do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Ask, seek, knock is the subtitle in the NIV to the first bit I want to talk about. Ask, seek, knock. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. But this is in the context of everything he's said so far. Because this idea that asking and you'll get whatever you want, I think we've all tried it and found that that doesn't work. If we've been a Christian long enough, we've all tried asking for whatever we want. And if we back up a few verses... We're back in the Lord's Prayer and we're praying that his name would be holy and we're praying for his kingdom to come and we're praying for his will to be done. And in the context of that, we then pray, give us our daily bread and we deal with sin. We say, forgive us our sin and we're forgiving other people. And once we've got ourselves into that place, when we get all of that right, whatever we want will become in line with his kingdom. We'll be asking for kingdom-minded requests. But ask, seek, knock. I wanted to talk a little bit about that. And I, I think in some ways, it's almost as if Jesus is saying the same thing in three different ways. He's making the same point. If you ask, you'll get. If you seek, you'll find. If you knock, the door will be opened. It's, it's like rhetoric. It's like poetry. He's just saying the same thing over and again. That, that might be all that was intended. But over the last few weeks, I've found it as an interesting framework, again, of, of prayer. To, to think of it as three components of a prayer. And here's, here's how I've thought of it. Of asking is just speaking the thing out. 
Uh, you know, sometimes we have a wish or we have a hope and we don't even speak it out in prayer. And I think God wants us to vocalise it. The seeking is then looking for, for answers, actually expectation, expecting God to answer. So often we just, um, we, we say a prayer and then it's sort of an isolated moment in our day. And then the rest of our day we've forgotten what we've prayed for and we're almost surprised when God shows up. So that's why I see a seeking. I'm, I'm going to backtrack and talk about each a little bit more but not loads uh, and then knocking is actually we've got to do something and Jackie said earlier we've got to sometimes um, take take action God's God requires us to partner with him and, and do some stuff you know so the three stages in in, in prayer and, and I've been trying to adopt that in the things I've been praying for uh, as I've been studying this and thinking about it over the last few weeks that's what I felt the Lord asking me to do. So if you think they are just three things said the same way, that's fine. But there's, there's a lot of value in breaking the three down into three areas. So let's just backtrack a few moments again and, and talk about asking, seeking and knocking. So when we ask, it's good to speak stuff out. I had a lecturer at Bible college who, who said that actually um, you, you, when, you, when you're thinking, God hears your thoughts. So there's no real need um, to worry, worry if you're praying enough because very often um, God's listening to your thoughts and I thought that was quite nice but I'd, I've come to disagree with it really I think God wants us to speak stuff out um, and it's a bit of a cop out as well I think sometimes yeah God does hear my thoughts but they're not always very wholesome and I'd rather just align myself with, with this fantastic framework called the Lord's Prayer and start thinking what do I sh- what should I be thinking what should what what short what thoughts should be going through my mind and getting my mind going in the right direction and speaking stuff out is important. And uh, whether you do it in the car because that's the only place that's private or you have a private secret place that's good for you. But I just think vocalising your prayers and asking. If you go back to the story before, uh, Jesus is talking about a guy who, who, who's, who's in, in need because he has a visitor I'm guessing an unexpected visitor turning up. It's midnight and he hasn't got enough bread. And what he could have done is sort of settled his friend in, in the spare room and um, gone back to bed, sat in bed, sat up in his bed with his wife. Now, I can't sleep now. I'm turning up at midnight. What is that all about? And I've got no bread either. What are we going to do? Do you know what? What a pain in the neck. He could have at least let me know he was coming. No bread. What are we going to do? Can you make? Have we got any flour? Can you make? No, I'm not making bread now. And they'd just be sitting there moaning about. Isn't that what we do sometimes? I've got this problem, and you and you, you share it for the prayer chain, but actually it's just a a, a moan outlet because uh, you're not really expecting people to pray. And I'm just being. This is this is when we're at our worst. Okay, uh, we're not all like this. I'm being a bit negative, but it's, this is the danger. This is where we could end up. Um, we share it in our home group, um, but we're not really looking to God. And I just think God's challenging me to talk to him, to speak, to ask, to ask. So the guy gets out of bed, or he's already out of bed, he goes down the street and he asks for help. We need to ask sometimes. We need to ask for help. And in this context, uh, I'm talking about asking God for help, although we do need each other as well. So that's the first component. So we're going to ask and then we're going to seek. We're going to walk through our day. And this is what I said before. The danger for me is I have a, a prayer time. I've got quite a structured mind and I can be a little bit too task orientated. And I, I love a tick list. I love ticking things off. 
I've got an app to tick things off and I watch the thing, have a line go through it. I feel good. Um, and I know where I get it from because my mum used to sometimes write a list of what she had to do today. And sometimes she'd write things down that she'd already done just so she could tick them off. Because it's kind of a, it's a quick win, isn't it? It's a little bit of an emotional boost. I'm a bit like that. So the danger is, I've done my prayer time. I've given these things to God. I, I open the door out of my prayer time. I shut the door on my prayer time. I've come out of the Holy of Holies. And then I carry on my day. And they're like, they're like night and day. They're like two different events. And God doesn't want that. He wants us to be walking in step with the Holy Spirit. And so we pray these things. You come out of your, and leave the door wide open and let the prayers waft into the rest of your day. So you're walking through your day and you forget God because you're busy and things, interruptions come in and someone cuts you up at Windy Corner and you want to hoot and put rude hand gestures up at them and, and all sorts of things happen and you start to... The, the prayer moment sort of, sort of dissipates, it sort of wears off. And I, I think what we've got to find is ways of disciplining ourselves to remember what we've asked for and look for signposts. Look for signs that God is actually answering that prayer. He's on the move. He's working behind the scenes. You prayed in a physical prayer, you prayed physical words, but in the spiritual world, God is working for you. He is on your side and you're looking for evidence. That's the seeking. Ask seek and knock do something there might actually be something as you're asking and seeking you might get a little prompt I love prompts I love the idea that sometimes I just feel like saying something and I know it's not me I just got these words that come out and sometimes I'm thinking about it and I open my mouth and out they come and it's God I believe God is helping me frame things and saying I don't, I don't mean standing here I mean on a one-to-one -one with somebody, talking to somebody. It doesn't happen all the time, but I'm listening and I'm saying those things. Sometimes you get a prompt to speak to somebody you, you, or you might get a prompt to do something for a neighbour. You might get a prompt to offer help, but you're doing something. And if that, that for me, is knocking on the door, asking God to partner with you and do something exciting and extravagant in your life, and if you, if you tie that in with something you've already been looking for evidence of God moving because you were asking, so you've been asking, then you've been seeking, and now you're knocking, God is working with you. And it brings to life the whole prayer thing that we all feel like we're supposed to do. And it's so far removed from just speaking out the Lord's Prayer as part of liturgy, which is a beautiful thing to do. But it's so far removed because it's active, it's physical, it's, it's you working with God, it's exciting, it makes your day different. It makes your faith something more than just a compartmentalised segment in the pie chart of your life. It makes your faith part of who you are. So there might be some examples where you are sitting on a plane, for example, and, and, and you just realise that there's a, there's a person next to you, just as Jackie was explaining earlier. What happened in that story was those three elements actually happened in my mind. I'm just trying to think it through. I'm pretty sure there was a bit of asking going on and then they were looking for uh, signs of what they should do with the, this, this baby uh, and, and then somebody got up and walked to the back of the plane and offered, offered prayer. Uh, that's knocking, isn't it? That's doing something physical. They could have just sat in the seat and just carried on praying but they did something as led by the Holy Spirit. So I just feel like those things are important for us. They're certainly important for me 
Um, there might be other examples. I don't know what you might be praying for. Um, Antonio was saying that it can be a very dark time for people. Seasonally, um, people get depressed, n- never mind just the whole darkness thing that people get uh, caught up in with Halloween and all that sort of stuff. And, and there are people praying that Lord would lift them out of depression. So that's speaking it out. Lord, help me with this depression. Help me to feel better. Help, help me, just lift me out of this. Pull me out of this miry pit of this mental thing that I'm going through but then you then you get out of your prayer time and you're actually looking with hope and that's a very hard thing to do it takes real resilience it's almost like digging your heels in in faith and saying I feel like poo at the moment but I'm going to trust the Lord and I know I might be making it sound light by saying I feel like poo at the moment but actually I know what depression is like I've worked with people I've never had the deep depression that I've seen people have. I know people who've been suicidal. I know people who've been through severe, you know, clinical depression. I know what it's like. And I, I, and I know Christians who have, have spoken out and asked God and it's felt like nothing's happened. So I'm not, I'm not downplaying any of the idea of depression. I'm just using it as an example where you can speak it out, bring yourself to speak it out. And in speaking it out, try your best to praise God Praise him for who he is. Praise him for what you're praying he will do. And then you walk through your day looking for signposts. Maybe he's going to bring someone in who brings hope. Maybe he brings a bit of hope through something in nature or something that happens. But you've got to do some stuff as well. You've been asking and you've been seeking, but you've got to do some knocking as well. So maybe you take some exercise. And I know depressed people who've said exercise has really helped but it's the hardest thing to get out of your bed and you just want to curl up in bed and do nothing so just one example or or maybe you will just start speaking out some scriptures and you'll start praising God even though you don't feel like it that's not that's real hard knocking there might be other things You, you you're praying for children to come back to God and you're praying but you're also looking for signs when they're when they're talking to you on the phone and uh, you're, you, you, you're changing your mindset, you're thinking, not, oh, they're far from God and it's all over. You're, you're thinking, you're, you're seeking little opportunities and moments where they say something and you're, you're having an assumption that God is working uh, in the things that you've asked him to do. So you're seeking, you've been asking, but you're seeking and you're knocking, you're just saying, well, at the right time, I'm going to invite them to that carol service. I'm going to try and bring them on board again. There's just different things in every circumstance of your life where you can feel like, you know what, I can use these three categories of prayer. I can ask, but I'm also going to look for God to do something and I'm going to ask him what it is that he wants me to do. I hope that helps. It certainly helped me over the last few weeks in praying for things and I'm still working on it. I still do ask God for things and, and then forget about it. And um, You know, sometimes I don't even ask him. And that's, that's why I think we've got this whole story before all of this saying, you know, you've got to get out of bed and ask for help. And um, that's what I'm still working on. The last part is tied in. I, I do think these teachings are progressive. And um, having started his teaching with a direct answer to a question, how do we pray? I believe Jesus finishes with a bit of a curveball because you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, so it's still in the context of asking. He teaches us this fantastic framework to pray kingdom things and then he gives us a bit of teaching on asking, probably because he knows that's what we're going to do the most of, so we better give us some teaching on it. 
And he's still talking about asking. You fathers, though, he's starting to shift the emphasis. He's speaking specifically to fathers because he's going somewhere with this. If your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? If, you ask, if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? No. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give? And then if, if it was kind of fill in the blanks and guess what Jesus said... I don't think I'd have filled in the Holy Spirit because we're just talking about asking for things. I'd have, this, is, this, is, this is why I say it's a bit of a curveball because I would have expected Jesus to say, how much more will your heavenly Father give you whatever you ask for? Wouldn't that, wouldn't that kind of ring more true? How much more will your heavenly Father give whatever you ask for? Or something like that. Why does he say the Holy Spirit? I think because we can't do this thing without the Holy Spirit. We, all the things we ask for, how much more tempting is it sometimes just to talk to God in the flesh? And this asking, seeking, knocking, you could do that as a non-Christian without the Holy Spirit. You could, you could pray out to an unknown God, you could go looking for answers, and you could find them by coincidences, and you could go banging on doors like people do, not literal doors, you know what I'm talking about, you can just go and make stuff happen, and you can say, say, that worked, and you did it all in the flesh. So when Jesus finishes his teaching by saying, how much more will God give you the Holy Spirit when you ask, that's because it's by the Holy Spirit that you're going to pray spirit-led prayers. When I ask, I'm asking God, in the context of this Lord's Prayer that says, put your kingdom first, I'm asking God for things that are kingdom-minded. I'm asking him to lead me in my prayers. It's kind of a two-way thing all the time. And when I'm seeking, I'm, I'm always asking God, when I'm looking for you to be answering that prayer... I'm, I'm saying, Lord, is this a red herring? Is this you? What's happening? It can get, without, it can get complicated without the Holy Spirit and getting a, a, a deeper relationship. We had another word this morning about getting deep, getting back to that secret place, that intimacy with the Father. It's only by the Holy Spirit you can achieve that. Intimacy with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. And then when you're asking and then when you're seeking You're seeking with the Holy Spirit prompting you, walking with you. The Bible says walk in step with the Holy Spirit. And so easily I just pace off without him. And the knocking of the doors. Sometimes there are many doors to knock. And uh, Andrew and I have both had situations in our career where we've had two equal equal opportunities. uh, Two equal opportunities, just not in the usual sense of that phrase. Um, And it's asking the Holy Spirit, well, which one do I do? And it's sometimes, it's, it's almost like flipping a coin, but it's not. It's asking the Holy Spirit, you know, I've got to, I've got to pick a lane here on this, on this, you know, road that's diverging. And, and, and in both cases, both of us had a very, very similar situation. We had both two very attractive opportunities. And in both times, it's like on paper, both options have merit. But in my heart, I don't even know why. I'm just going for this, going this way. And that's knocking on the correct door, isn't it? It's, it's knowing which door to knock on. So it's, it's, we all need the Holy Spirit. And so I wanted us to pray um, about all of that. And I finished last week by saying that I, I had this image of 
the father laying out a banquet for Brixham Community Church. And the image came in the pre-service prayer meeting last week, um, but it's, it's stayed with me this week. And I felt like the Lord hadn't finished working on that image with all of us. And the idea being that um, it's like a wedding banquet. And so we're not sitting in these sort of chairs. And just like sometimes you get these little gifts to, for the wedding guests, which I thought was crazy when I first found out about that. My wedding, our wedding guests didn't get gifts. We were the ones supposed to get the gifts. Wedding favours or something. Anyway, um, but he's, he's wrapped something up. And I can, I, the way I visualise it is I'm seeing a white... Um, a white box in cardboard wrapped up with a bow and it's on every place setting but inside each one is something different and that's what was so beautiful about the image your loving heavenly father who hears all the prayers at once has taken the time to handcraft a bespoke gift for you different one for, for Rosie than for William than for Dave you know there's just something special because if Rosie got what God had for Dave, it wouldn't fit, it wouldn't be right, it would be inappropriate. They'd be swapping gifts. They'd have this white elephant program where they were swapping gifts all the time. But God's not like that. He's got a gift for you, something you haven't yet opened. And so as I was praying about it this week, I felt like the Lord was saying, some of these gifts are just the, the old-fashioned Pentecostal spiritual gifts that he wants us to move into. The Bible says, eagerly desire spiritual gifts especially prophecy we believe in this church that the, the gift of tongues is a, is a gateway gift into some of those maybe some of us haven't yet moved into the speaking in, in in other tongues which is for our edification lord i pray you'd help us to ask some of us haven't been even asking i pray you'd help us to seek some of us been asking but leaving the prayer behind in our day I pray you'll help us to knock there are specific actions you want to lead us to take and I pray for your Holy Spirit to lead us in our prayer, in our seeking in our guidance that we would walk in step with you and that you would, Holy Spirit you would lead us in our knocking, that we wouldn't go banging on loads of doors and trying to create opportunities but Holy Spirit you would lead us to those doors that fly open into great opportunity in you in your kingdom we'd see kingdom growth we'd see expansion we'd see a depth of understanding in the spiritual and that we would find doors flying open for us I pray for each and every one of us and I'm asking for myself as well Lord when I think about that image of the gifts at the wedding table The idea of that gift is that we don't actually know what's in it. So I'm not asking you, Lord, for prophecy. I'm not asking you for healing, although I think that would be fine to do. But I'm just asking you, Lord, to help me open whatever gift you've got for me and reveal it to me. And there may be other gifts in this room that you have, Father, that only you know about. It's one of those things where you open the gift and you look up at the giver and you say, how did you know? But the Father knows you intimately and he has something for you. Rediscover intimacy 
by the Holy Spirit and let him reveal those gifts to you that he has. He has things for you. Father God, I pray that we would be an open church, open to your Holy Spirit, open to you moving, open to you moving in our lives individually and corporately as a group in Jesus' name and help us to unwrap those gifts. And I pray that over the weeks that lie ahead, we will start to see in each other, we'll start to see evidence in one another, the gifts on being unfolded in each other's lives and we start to encourage one another it's great to see you moving forward in that what's happened well the lord gave me this amazing gift let's start talking to one about one another about these things so we give all these thoughts to to you uh, over to you lord jesus and ask you to move in our lives and in our town in jesus name amen thanks for listening for more information visit brixham.church